Hi, listener. Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. Good to be back for another episode. Yeah, so we're coming back from our spooky Halloween episodes and Mulan and now to, I think, what we thought was going to kind of be a family drama to the book and movie Revolutionary Road. So the book was written by Richard Yates and it was his debut novel published in 1961. And it was a national Book Award finalist in 1962, and I believe it lost to Catch-22. It was runner-up to Catch-22. It was hailed by the New York Times, and in 2005, it was chosen by Time as one of the 100 best English language novels. So it didn't have a lot of critical acclaim when it first came out. Yates really got a lot of criminal critical acclaim after his death, and that's partly due to the movie. So tell us a little bit about Revolutionary Road, the movie. Yeah, so the movie... Uh, took a while to be uh, made uh, from it because uh, the movie didn't come out until 2008. It was uh, written by Justin Haith and directed by Sam Mendez. It has a pretty notable cast, which includes uh, Michael Shannon, Catherine Hahn, David Harbour, and Kathy Bates in supporting roles. It is also um, and is also in the lead roles as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And it is their um, it is the first uh, the first time that they appeared together together in a film since. Uh, uh, since they appeared in like a little, a little known little indie movie called uh, Titanic, you may, <laughs> may or may not have heard of it in '97. Uh, so uh, the movie um, did you know fairly well, like criti- uh, critically got kind of you know somewhat positive review reviews, mostly on the uh, the acting side, with many praising the performance, the performances. It earned three Oscar nominations for its art direction, costume design, and Michael. Shannon was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Now, um, Kate Winslet was nominated and won several awards, including winning the Golden Globe for her performance, but she was not nominated for the Oscar. It wasn't exactly a snub. Uh, She also appeared that year in the film The Reader, which she was nominated and won the Best Actress Award for. And actually, I I read about this that with uh, the Oscars, there's a rule that an actor or actress cannot be nominated for two different films in the same category so you can't mm. you can't have like multiple best actress nominations so oh, okay. that's why she was not nominated she went you know was nominated for her other film <laughs> Also. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so the movie and the the book release is a, set in 1950s Connecticut, and it follows the Wheelers, April and Frank Wheeler, who have a little bit of a tumultuous relationship, and then their neighbors Shep and Millie, and then they throw into the mix their realtor Mrs. Givings and her husband and son, who had been in a mental institution, who was in a mental institution, and you know, there's some other you know Frank's work life and now the city and his boss. But the main thing that really central is around the family in Connecticut and kind of the inner workings of all these families, but really the wheelers and what they're going through as a family is what basically the movie boils down to without giving away, you know, we could say they're spoilers, but without saying too much yeah. before we get into discussion, that's kind of the synopsis of the movie. I'll also say there the is some uh, like sensitive subject matter in this uh, film, right. in this uh, story and film. So yes, it will be discussed. <laughs> so I struggled with this because I thought the book was very wordy and there was, and you know, I like a lot of backstory, but for me, there was 
too much backstory and too much inner dialogue. <laughs> you know, like Frank would have these pretend conversations he was going to have with his wife and then with April and then he would have the actual conversation. There was For me, there was like a lot of interior yeah. monologue and a lot of like unnecessary description. <laughs> Yeah, that's terrible to say. And you know, this book has been nominated for things and it's very highly regarded, but I just, I didn't, I I just didn't feel that. Yeah, I like kind of felt the same way. Cause a lot of times, like you mentioned, like the interior dialogue, and and sometimes like I was kind of confused. Like I was like, you know, maybe taken out of it a little bit. Like there were times where I was like, who is he talking to? And I was very confused, like to kind of differentiate (laughs) between uh, scenes. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's a little dated as you know books over 60 years old so you know maybe you know how some things don't mean from the past don't translate to today so yeah i know you know now you kind of know how i feel with a lot of backstory like i'm not (laughs) i'm not one i'm usually here for it this did not this just was it's a it was a very difficult read for me and i'm going to be honest like i skimmed a lot because i was like oh my gosh i don't need like five paragraphs on frank's spot <laughs> right like to get the picture yeah. of what what was going on with frank's boss like i struggled a little bit with that well the the thing is with that with backstory is i feel like it depends on the character because there's been times like with back you know like some of the books we've read and this is like backstory with me like uh where i am kind of interested in one into it but a lot of it depends on the character like if it's an interesting character that i identify with and they're getting into backstory it's like oh this is pretty interesting like to you know you know peel back the layers of this of this character so yeah but if i know i don't know if this is your <laughs> feelings but if they're not interesting if they're not characters that you identify with and you know want to follow on this journey then you really don't care about their backstory yeah i don't know um you know <laughs> this is one where i think the movie like it did i thought it did follow it pretty closely you know there was like minor things here or there like where they were with like their neighbors and how it opened but otherwise like i felt it was pretty true yeah and i'd have to say, I think I like the movie a little bit better only because it was more concise. Whereas other times I think I say, oh, I miss that backstory and that character. And you don't know why that character is doing that. I don't think this was a movie where it mattered. No, no. Like for example, um, a character of John, Michael Shannon's character who had, you know, had previously been in the uh, mental institution. So like in the book, it, you know, kind of, you know, goes more deeper into that. Whereas in the film, just, they just mentioned that, you know, he was in a mental institution or insane asylum, uh, as they call it. And and even like, you know, makes the occasional like self-deprecating joke about it and you know what you don't really the movie doesn't really go into it like why he was there or his time there just acknowledges the fact that he was yeah and i don't think the book i mean the book doesn't go into tremendous detail either like they kind of let you extrapolate what he did but i don't think they go into tremendous there's not a ton of detail about that either but i really like that character and i know you didn't (laughs) no i didn't now it's very hard to it's very hard to judge because, like, it was a great performance, Michael Shannon. You know, he earned an Oscar nomination, and you know, and I do, you know, agree he did the part very well. But and I, but I just I found him wholly just unlikable, just like obnoxious, and kind of came off as like a know-it-all, and and like that's just you know. A, 
personality type of someone like in real life that i can't stand so i felt myself like rooting against him like even though like there's scenes where he's like the one scene in particular where he's you know trying to like pry some information and making his assumptions about frank and april and that and even though he was kind of in the right yeah he did kind of nail it just as obnoxious of it it really turned me off and i just kind of wanted you know frank leonardo DiCaprio to put him in his place and yell and scream at him and um so it was uh it just you know his character just turned me off see and i liked it because i felt he was probably the only truthful character in the book and movie right like he called it as it was like he saw it he said it and then you know kind of held them all accountable to it which i just thought was i thought he was you know if you talk about an unreliable narrator reliable narrator like i felt he was the only reliable one in kind of the movie and the story and i think it's because you know he told his mother to stop with her nonsense like to shut up and she just prattled on you know and he called out you know april and frank for what they were doing and you know understood why they were where they were going to go and live in france and then you know he was upset when they changed their mind and i just thought he was like really probably the only truthful part that you could believe in the book, in the movie, if that makes any sense. Like, I thought like, yeah. okay, this guy sees what's going on, although they say he's in an insane asylum, you know, that he's hidden behind, you know, he was only allowed to, to go out like once a month or something. He really knew what was going on. And I think, you know, they portrayed that as that he was able to say those things and get away with it because they were like, oh, he's, you know, we're sorry, that's his illness, that's his sickness. But really, I felt like he was the most believable part. I did find Frank in the book pretty tedious. I found him to be the most unlikable. You know, like he was very calculating, very manipulative. Um, mm-hmm. He was, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio did a good job of the movie as him. I, he, I think the movie he came across better, but I thought the book he came across as pretty, like just pretty tedious and manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That's, you know, it is one of the things like I just, you know, had trouble like identifying with characters in that. And, um, and yeah, and Frank is, you know, very unlike, unlikable. And that's, you know, one of the things that kind of held me back from this is that I just couldn't really find too many likable characters because they pretty much everyone is just so faulty and has all these different the only um, the likable person was mr givings yeah yeah mr givings yeah mr givings howard i believe howard i really i really enjoyed howard yeah (laughs) you know and he only had a few lines in each you know like steady now steady now john you know and then he i just thought he was a riot and at the end you know i didn't know if that was going to be for cinematography at the movie in the movie when he showed you know his wife just prattling on and he turned on his hearing aid but then in the movie it ends at the in the book it ends in the same way and i thought that was really funny (laughs) because he's like the only person who kind of wasn't all up in everybody else's business <laughs> he just wanted some peace and quiet and to read his book and his mm-hmm. do his new York, his puzzles his New York yeah. I think he was like doing the the New York Times or something nothing wrong with that do or the reading puzzles. the paper. But I think you're just like reading the paper, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. There's a couple like there were a couple of themes like that were delved into that I, you know, found very interesting. The whole kind of theme of like just married life, like kind of stuck in a rut, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like Frank's in this job that he hates or that. And there's one, you know, and it's kind of like indicative. Like you see like a lot of people who, you know, they take jobs because it's comfortable and you know makes a nice living they can provide, but like they never really like pursue their passions and you know don't like was 
it's the old cliche line. It's like, you, you know, you love what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, but you have all these people who traded that in for, you know, comfort and stability. And obviously, you know, you can't judge anyone. And I know like in, in real life, you know, that's people's circumstances not beyond their control and there's nothing wrong with certain jobs, but like you just, just how I found it interesting how they explored this and how stuck in a rut and now how they want to get out. And you wonder like how that could speak to people. Yeah. And I think the other theme that, you know, they talked about is that this is what Richard Yates was known for is, you know, the themes of kind of loneliness. You know, he has a collection of stories about loneliness. And I think, you know, some of that theme was that some of these people were very lonely and that's, you know, some of the, the themes, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, I think the person we see with the most bravery at some point is April, who encourages Frank to quit his job and they're going to move to Europe because she says, how can we live this life that is so kind of boring day in and day out? Yeah. And you're not happy and I'm not happy. And mm -hmm. let's, you know, move to Europe, which again, could be short term thinking. It probably wasn't going to solve their problems. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, what she was saying, was, let's 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 change this. You you hate what you're doing. And I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting. And as you know, that we all know that wasn't going to happen in the story. And I think it's interesting you see the way the couples work is that she really wanted to do it. It was a reality to her. And you know that Frank was uncommitted to that. You know, he said yeah. he was going to do it and they were doing it, but it was more of a fantasy for him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you see him backpedaling when she gets pregnant that they should just stay where they are, have the baby. He's going to get a promotion. And she's saying, well, no, I really want to go to Europe. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind mm -hmm. of the undoing. Mm -hmm. One one thing, you know, before we get into the pregnancy that, that I didn't notice, there's one thing that stood out in the movie. And this is just how I kind of interpreted it. There was a part where Frank is meeting with, I believe it's his boss or one of the higher ups at the company. And I guess he mentions his father. Frank's father had worked mm -hmm. for the company. He was a, you know, for many, many years, worked in sales and asked, and he asked the, this gentleman about his father, like when he knew him. And the gentleman had like no, no recollection at all of him. He didn't really recognize him. And it's, you know, I took it as saying, it's like, well, you know, my father works so many years with this company and, uh, and this guy does you know barely a footnote doesn't remember him in the slightest and you know i think that kind of just speaks to you know again like the loneliness and the stuck in a rut type of there that that's how i yeah. interpreted it yeah <laughs> and i that's think that's what they're going for <laughs> yeah and i think this being set in the 1950s was really different because you know you had the women who didn't work who stayed home and you know the husbands who went to the city or wherever, wherever they were going to do their jobs. And just the amount of drinking and smoking just was cracking me up. Yeah. Um, you know, like they just, and it was almost like they all had children, but they were almost like a footnote, you know, like yeah. <laughs> always with a sitter or with somebody else. Like there was, there was just, okay, we're just going to keep, you know, drinking and smoking and going out. And I, I just think that's, you know, kind of the fifties, if that's the case. But I just thought that was funny that, I mean, that was like a big part of the book, like the smoking and the drinking you know it was very not very often that you didn't think frank wheeler had a drink in his hand yeah. at work and you know his cue mate his his office mate bandy was a drunk and you know was hung over when we're first introduced to him and in, in the movie and the book which is you know funny but i think it's just interesting that that's said in the 50s and it's kind of a different dynamic than I think what we're used to reading today. Like, I don't think you see as much of that in what, you know, you see some of it, but not not as a commonplace. Yeah. Like now, like nowadays, if you do see it, like in a movie, you know, drinking, smoking, whatever, it's usually, you know, someone who has a problem or something, yeah. you know, whereas it's like, yeah, these people likely had problems and were likely alcoholics or something, but it was just, you know, viewed as common commonplace. And, 
It's funny because they show, you know, April smoke smoking, even though she is pregnant. And I wonder, because I know like back then, like uh, studies hadn't been done on how harmful it is or, you know, or did she know that it was harmful? And, you know, because she clearly didn't want this child. I don't think she knew. I think that was commonplace that because nobody said anything to her about it. Like her friends, anybody said anything to her about her smoking. I think it was just a part of the culture then. Yeah. But but did you have any thoughts about pregnancy? (laughs) Well, I think so. I knew by just reading the synopsis of the book and the movie that that was going to occur. And I ended up starting the book and then watching the movie and then finishing the book. And I really thought just based off of other movies and books that we've read and watched that tackle like abortion and pregnancy that they were going to cut it out or skip over it or gloss over it. I really thought the movie was going to do that. And I'm glad that they didn't because I think it was, you know, kind of highlighted like what she was going through and what it, what women were doing in the 50s with unwanted pregnancies. And so I thought that I was glad they didn't uh, skip that. So I thought that was good. And then when I, I got to that point in the book, I thought that the movie had done a really good job of showing it because the it, it held pretty close to what the book was doing. What I find most interesting is that a man wrote about that in the 60s. Like I find it very interesting that the author wrote about that, you know, in, in, in 1961. So I thought that was, you know, kind of, I, I don't know how commonplace that was, Yeah, but I thought it was, okay. you know, there was a part of me that wondered like, why did she wait to when after the 12 weeks when they said that it wouldn't be safe, like there was almost a part of me that wondered, did she know she was going to die? And it was, that was kind of her last dig at Frank. I don't know Maybe. because you knew she was going to do it. It's just, you know, I, I would have loved to know, like, uh, this is why Gordon would want to talk to the author and he's, he's no longer with us to say like, why did you make that choice? Like, what's the greater message? Is it because it was her final kind of screw you or because you didn't get that it was spur of the moment, right? Like it wasn't spur of the moment. You knew she was going to do it. So like, why did he choose that instead of her choosing it when it, and it was still in essence, and I say in quotes, safe. You know, I had like so many questions about it. I was like, okay, so like at that time in the fifties, um, she it's obvious abortion's obviously illegal, but like, was that just on the shelves at the pharmacy to buy? <laughs> I was like, I had so many questions. I'm like, okay, like where did she get this apparatus that she used? You know, I just think it kind of goes to show that those, even though it was illegal. At that time, people still and women still knew how to do it and where to get the would get the equipment to do it. Although, albeit it was unsafe by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I, clearly. I I kind of like I, I'm so glad that the movie did it and did not shy away from it because I think it was important for them to do. Yeah, it's um yeah, it was, you know, pretty like, you know, shocking. And and it's one thing because I remember um when we decided on this, I really had no clue what this book or movie was about. I I'd heard about it. I remember when it came out, you know, with that, but I never seen, I never saw it at all. I never like had no recollection of what, like, you know, even the slightest idea of what it was about. And you told, and you had told me about that, you know, uh, it's some, something just said that it's something to do with abortion. So when I was watching this, this, when I was watching the film, I was still in the midst of reading the book. I don't think I was too far into the book when I watched it. And I, um, and I remember thinking, cause they show, you know, now Leo's character, the Frank, is not um, 
he's not the most faithful husband. And <laughs> you see the one scene of him with the secretary, I think, oh, and he cheats on his wife on, the, I think, on his 30th birthday. So my first thought, I was like, oh, well, I know that, you know, abortion is a, a part of this, uh, is a part of the story. And, and I'm thinking, oh, does he get the girlfriend pregnant? And that's when it comes into play. And then as the movie went on and I realized, oh, okay, now it's come, you know, now it's starting to come into frame. You know, it's very, um, very shocking. Obviously, like nothing like very, very graphic, but they do show the, the stain on her skirt. And I remember, um, and I thought like it was really like, you know, I hate to say it was like well done, the, the scene, but like as like it showed her facing the window and like the camera pans down and shows the stain on her skirt. And that was. Yeah, that's where I was kind yeah. of like, oh, okay. Because you knew like, she had already done the procedure on herself upstairs. And I thought that was. You know, and obviously the book goes into a little bit more detail of kind of what she's done in the bathroom and, you know, Frank finds it. But um, yeah, I actually thought it was really well done. I, I kind of, when I was knew that was going to happen, I thought, oh, I hope they don't just make this a miscarriage, right? And kind of shy away from it. You know, I I was glad that they didn't. Yeah, very shocking. <laughs> so. I was like, oh, yeah, very, um, pretty ballsy, kind of. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So did you have any other uh, things you wanted to touch touch on in this book or film? Thinking. Um, I do like, um, it was interesting to see uh, Catherine Hahn's character. I was just saying, I love Catherine Hahn. Yeah. I was like kind of surprised at her as such a, I mean, she has done serious characters. Yeah. But she, yeah, she was, um, yeah, because I've, I, you know, known her from comedies and she's very funny, you know, Bad Moms and Step Brothers and so many other things. And Well, we, we uh, loved her in, um, oh my gosh, this is where I leave you. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's very funny. So it was, I was surprised when I saw her, saw her pop up and I was like, and this was She was the character I probably felt the most, yeah. like I felt bad for. Like, I think she has good intentions yeah. and Shep kind of wanted to love her and he tried but then you know i think the book does a good job of their relationship more so than the movie they're kind of you know they're in the movie but not like not as much you know i think the book does a good job as kind of showing how shep like is at one point kind of revolted by her smell (laughs) which was you know interesting he's a little bit mean at times but then he really wants to try to love her he talks you know he buys her a new blouse and does all this but you know and at the end you just kind of feel like he's just resigned right to the life with her because yeah. April's dead and that's who he really pined for. Yeah. Yeah. It. But it's really, I, I, the relationship was, you know, sad. I, all the relationships were sad throughout the, yeah. you know, very unbalanced, you know, the givings, he didn't care for his wife and she just prattled on and the wheelers were just dysfunctional and Millie and Shep were kind of almost the most normal, but there was, yeah. he was kind of not really in love with who she was as a person. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, like there's the scene where they go with uh, the wheelers to, they go out to that that bar or club, whatever. And then there was the there was the part where like because their cars were you know were blocked and the one car was blocked, so everything. So uh, Frank, you know, Frank drives Millie home, and then Shep's going to drive April, and then of course you know in the same car they um, you know do some stuff uh, <laughs> there. And it and it's funny. I was watching it. You know, obviously, like in the time period, but like you know, why couldn't they? You know, like today, that wouldn't be like a big deal. Like maybe like um, Millie and April would drive home in a car, and then you know the two men would drive home would drive 
home later or vice versa, you know, but it was kind of like in the fifties, like, Oh, like, Oh, you know, the women can't be counted, accounted upon to, you know, control, uh, to control a car or something. Yeah. And I, and I think the book does a good job of kind of explaining some of that, that maybe, you know, April manipulated that situation to happen because she in the book is the one who suggests that Frank take um, Millie home. And so it's kind of like, you know, April's already has an ulterior motive. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know that you see that as much in the movie, but the book, you definitely get that that's what, you know, that's what she wanted to happen. Yeah. (laughs) But I think Kate Lindsay was, was great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought all the acting was really good. It was just not, it was, well, was not an uplift. No, not at all. Um, like I think some of the wiki said it was like a romantic tragedy or I'm like, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's more of a tragedy. I don't know how much romance was there. Yeah. You know, any romance was manipulate was manipulation to get what the other person wanted kind of. So yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely, and for me, I liked the movie better than the book. And that's one of yeah. the few times I'll probably say that. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I don't know, it depends for me. Not the hugest fan of either. Well, if I had to choose. Yeah. Yeah, like, if, if I had to choose to, I'd probably if, go to the movie. If I had to choose, this is like one of those movies, you know, that's been nominated for awards and you watch it and you go, hmm, yeah. I get it from the artistic standpoint. I get it from the acting standpoint. But as far as being entertained, I don't no. know <laughs> that it hit that button for me. I think it was flat, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a ton of, there was fights and there was some tension and, but it never really, it was very flat flat the whole way through right like i don't know did you feel like yeah there wasn't like there was tension in it but not the tension where you're like what's going to happen next like it was more just ho-hum this is our life and this is you know even the abortion scene was not fraught with tension i didn't think so i I, I did think there was tension to that to that scene all right well maybe i just knew it was coming so i wouldn't feel tense yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just felt it was a little like flat, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I could see. I think yeah. we about covered it. I think we did. I think we covered it. So good. Okay. Well, next week we'll be back with a new one, hopefully something a little bit more uplifting. And until then, keep reading and keep watching. <laughs> <laughs>